Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Pope Francis is in Portugal for World Youth Day right now from August 2nd through 6th. More than a million young people were expected to attend the event, which is taking place all over Lisbon. My colleagues Ricardo da Silva and Gerard O'Connell bring us this report from Lisbon that they recorded the afternoon of August 3rd. So welcome to Inside the Vatican listeners. Uh, I'm here in Lisbon, Portugal at World Youth Day, and I've just met for the first time in person Gerard O'Connell, uh, my co-host on Inside the Vatican for so many months while Colleen was on maternity leave. And here we are now uh, in the media center. We're just about to move to the welcoming ceremony where Pope Francis will be welcomed, formally welcomed, in Portugal, where he arrived yesterday, uh, Tuesday, 2nd of August, uh, 2023. Jerry, what's it like to be here in Portugal for World Youth Day? Well, it's an extraordinary experience. I mean. I've been at several World Youth Days since they started and uh, each one is a unique experience for the people who are there but also for what happens. I was at the university this morning and met many of the students there and so many of them are keen to see Pope Francis. Several of them said to me, you know, this is the Pope of my life. Mm. One said to me, I remember I was a child when John Paul II died. Benedict, yes, I was where he was Pope. But this is the one who's really answered many of the questions that we are raising, and he talks to us. And we I, were just outside, and they were chanting, Esto es la juventud del Papa. This is the youth of this Pope, right? The youth of the Pope. Yes. Which is a, a familiar chant, but it's clear that it, it's inhabiting this Pope Francis is uh, the Pope of well, the youth. if you think that the World Youth Day started 40 years ago almost, we're in the third Pope. And uh, a whole generation, generations, have known no other Pope. Jerry, before we even launch into what World Youth Day has already been, um, because we've lived so much of it these last two days, I think it's important for us to start with what I think has been the most important thing that the Pope has done. We know that the church here is riddled with scandals of sexual abuse by clergy. And that almost one of the first things the Pope did after all the official pageantry stuff that he needed to do, um, he went and he met last night, the first night that he was here, he met with 13 victims of sexual abuse by clergy at the Nunciature. He met with them for over an hour. Uh, and he, we were told, in the official communication, we were not given much information other than there was a profound listening, a time of listening uh, to the victims. How important is this, do you think, at this time? It, it really sets the message that, you know, those, they are the priority. Um, the priority is listening to those who the church has excluded, has hurt. I think there are two things I would say, first of all. He, he, when he spoke to the bishops, he told them, you know, you must welcome, listen, and 
receive the victims. It was made very clear because there's one or two who have been less uh, open. He, he just was so categorical. You, you have to receive welcome. But I, I think Francis also received them early on because he wants to, so that is an important priority. But I, I think also he, he wants to make clear that, you know, it's an issue, it's a problem in the church, but it's not the only one. Without minimizing the importance of it, he also doesn't want it to eclipse everything else. But the key word really, I think, from the time he arrived here, and we've heard this over and over, listen, listen to the church, listen to all, todos, todos, todos. Yes, it, it, it's without doubt that is his underlying message, and he's the first uh, prime example of this. He listens. And anybody who's been in his presence and has spent time with him will realize that they have talked more than him. And I think that's always a very interesting sign. But he also makes such important, you know, gestures, his actions. We Sadly, we heard this morning, uh, this is now Thursday morning, that one of the catechetical leaders, uh, a French catechetical leader, died. And, you know, the Pope already has a full schedule. Uh, he insisted on celebrating Mass with the family at the Nunciature here in Portugal, and they brought the family to celebrate Mass with them this morning. He sees himself first and foremost as a parish priest. And I've seen him, I've told you in my own family, but I've seen so many instances of this. That the man has a, a, a myriad of complicated problems on his desk, and yet he has time to pick up the phone or to call in, or to meet these people. And this is really the Good Shepherd. So let's turn now to our experience of these first few hours here in Portugal. So tell us, what was it like? You fl flew from Rome uh, into Lisbon yesterday morning. Uh, what was that like? What, what happened on the plane? I know there well, were a few things that he said. Well, there were 80 journalists yeah. traveling with him. And he decided he would walk down the center aisle and greet each one. He spent maybe 40 minutes doing this. He's walking much better, he walks with his stick, but he's in great shape. And yesterday when I saw him meeting, speaking to the authorities, and last evening when he spoke to the bishops, the priests, the seminarians, the pastoral workers, he was really in top form. He has lost weight, Ricardo, from the operation in June. It has come out very well, that operation. He's in much better physical shape than he was six months ago. And those who are predicting, you know, the pontificate has reached the end of the road, had better think again. I mean, he arrived on a wheelchair. We, we saw that when he came off the plane. But then he was up on his feet uh, yes, and uh, as he, he walked up to the presidential palace. He uses the wheelchair for long distance yep. movement, movement. But he he's walking now much more than he has done for a year. And what has been his message up to now since he's arrived in Portugal? You know, we, we know he spoke to dignitaries yesterday, uh, he met with the president. Uh, we also know that he's now met with the ecclesiastical authorities, bishops, uh, priests, religious. What was the message that he gave there? Well, let me say first of all, I think this there are three parts to this visit to Lisbon. Mm -hmm. The first part is like the state visit to any country, he meets the authorities and he meets the local church. 
The second part is this extraordinary encounter with the young people. You see, we're talking perhaps maybe about a million people will be at the final events from 200 countries, all continents. We've just seen out there, Ricardo, you and I, we saw the flags of every nation. Sweden, the United States, Ireland, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. There are more than 200 countries at this World Youth Day. Yeah. And from what I've heard, the organizing committee has worked really hard to ensure that every nation uh, that is recognized and not recognized by other nations is present at this World Youth Day. That there's at least one pilgrim from every nation in the world, which is impressive. Yes, and there are 300 from Ukraine. 15 have actually come directly out of Ukraine and they met the Pope this morning in the Nunciatur at the Vatican Embassy and they gave him the flag. And there's a picture, which now I've tweeted, showing the Pope with the Ukrainian flag. He's never from the moment he opened his mouth here, he's talked about peace. And he said, young people want peace, they want unity and they have dreams. And we must let their dreams be realized. I think that this is going to be his key message. He said last evening, we have to be a synodal church. He is into transforming the church, but he's also in, into involving the young people. He, and he kept saying yesterday, at, at, when he talked in the monastery of St. Jerome, he kept saying, there's space for everybody, everybody, todos, todos, todos. That, that was repeated today because, you know, there have been some allegations that some trans flags, LGBT flags were pulled down. And it was repeated today at the press conference that the Pope Francis, Pope Francis said yesterday, all are welcome here, nobody will be rejected, all, all, all. He emphasized that. He kept repeatedly. repeating it and it's been throughout, uh, I think he'll, he'll return to it. It's one of those kind of mantras he's got. Yeah. It, this is a church that either includes or it's not the Church of Jesus. And on that inclusion point, I, you know, we've just been at the press conference at midday. One of the things that touched me was World Youth Day, the organizers have taken a real, um, they've been really careful about including all people, including people with disabilities and people who can't be present. And so what they did is what they call a missionary gesture with all the volunteers present at World Youth Day. Uh, they had formation for them and they sent them to uh, care homes for the elderly, they sent them to prisons, they sent them into all sorts of very impoverished situ situations and they gave them a bracelet and the bracelet had the logo of World Youth Day and it had this white space where the people that they met, these volunteers, they would write their names uh, on the bracelet. Uh, they would write their own name as a volunteer and they would place it on the volunteer's uh, wrist and then they would do the same and place the name of the people they met in an impoverished situation and put that on their wrist so that they could bring them to World Youth Day because there's a really strong message here that all people, even those who can't be here physically, uh, are present at World Youth Day and with the Pope. Yes, and the Pope has been very insistent on this and he sent the chief organizer, the new cardinal from Lisbon, he sent him to Ukraine and he sent him to the Holy Land. Just last week he, he was in the Holy Land. Yeah. And in the Holy Land the situation is deteriorating really enormously. And that's why in his first speech yesterday the Pope said, Europe recover your soul. You were called to be bridge builders and peacemakers. You start and end the war, bring about an end to the war in Ukraine and in the Middle East and in Africa. And I, I think he's going to keep this 
theme in front of the world's eyes and he's in remarkably fine form. He's enjoying himself. This is a Pope, you know, we plug in our phones to charge them. This is a Pope who connects with the people and gets recharged. And he said as much on the plane, right? He said, I'm on my way to Portugal, I will return energized. That's, yes, I will return. Rejuvenated was the word he used, rejuvenated. And I can see that he is so happy being in with the crowd. And people have broken protocol and he's welcomed them. You know, he's he's called them to himself. He's held their hands. There were two wonderful uh, little children who greeted him as he came out of the plane. You know, they were there to greet him. That was the opening greeting from the Portuguese nation was two little children uh, giving him a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, I, I think we've, uh, we're seeing a Pope who is really revving up for what is obviously the last years of the pontificate but he realizes he's got to deliver a lot and he's got the synod over two years and he's got the opening of the jubilee year in the end of December 2024 and right into 2025 and that's his horizon. This event I think will charge his batteries if I may use that expression but you know the energy, the joy that was being felt here we can hear it in the background. You you can, know, yes. People are starting to get energized and revved up for what's about to happen. And the colors, the presence of the different nations, it really is a Catholic church. And there is no event involving young people in the world of such dimension. Yeah, we today. had 210,000 at the highest estimate present for the opening ceremony on Monday uh, with the Cardinal Patriarch here of Lisbon. And again, the message was all are welcome. Yes, and the, 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 this is the biggest event in the history of this country. People say, you know, the, the faith is dying, etc. And uh, young people from Portugal said to me this morning, some people criticize the church. But for me, the church is alive. Uh, we see all the things it is doing, not just the mistakes and the wrongs. I wrote about this in my own reflection earlier this week where you know my, my own mother who lives here in Portugal but isn't able to be here sends me a message and says please bring me something back because I wish I was there with you. Uh, there's a real desire and a joy and this has energized not only the Pope but energized the people here. Yes and I hope your uh, our listeners some of them will go and read your article I thought it was excellent and uh, then of course there was Father Jim Martin's uh, talk last evening, which yes, was really which I was present for you, as well. Um, there must have been six, seven hundred people, and there were people turned away at the door. And then he stood outside and answered questions uh, about the faith after his interview. Uh, it was really quite remarkable. It, it's quite remarkable across the city to see, you know, every stage erupts in song. There are stages everywhere. There are people in cafes. It's a, in a good sense a living tower of Babel. <laughs> Um, you just hear, you know, you're hearing languages from all, all, all parts of the world. But, you, you know, one understands that people have really made a big effort to come. Uh, it's, it's cost money. The World Youth Day organization, they have, I think, put four to five million euros into bringing people from parts of Africa, from parts of Latin America, from parts of... Uh, Asia. Each person who registers is taxed a little. There's a 
certain part of that registration fee which goes into the solidarity fund. And I, and I think tonight with the opening ceremony, we're really going, well, one, we're going to see the welcome of Portugal for the Pope. There were over a hundred people that have been building these carpets of flowers, these tapestries of flowers, um, which will be on display tonight. But we will see today really the Pope's message for young people, because up until now, there've been more official discourses. This morning, of course, he met with students, but this is the first time where he really meets with the masses present for World Youth. Yes, I was struck with this morning when he told his students, he said, you know, uh, having, gaining a university degree should not just be for yourself. It's a, giving you a responsibility to work for peace and justice and things in the world beyond yourself. And the focus here has really been interesting. I mean, it's been on ecology, it's been on the Global Compact for Education, uh, and these are really issues that touch the lives of young people today. The, 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 the dignity of work and workers uh, and how necessary it is to provide good working opportunities for young people. Uh, the message is clear uh, and the Pope, you know, the Pope is here to listen. We've seen this especially in the way that the bishops um, have been asked to revise the way that their catechesis happens at World Youth Day. They're happening in these encounters called Rise Up. Uh, and the idea is that based on a worldwide consultation of young people, issues have come forward that bishops have been presented with. At these catechesis, young people are asked to give testimonies before bishops speak, and then the bishops give their discourse, you know, their speech, um, and allow for questions. But it's really, the focus is really on the voice of the young is, And this is the whole course of the thing of the synod, which is coming up, you know. There's the res co-responsibility. It's not just the responsibility of priests, bishops, deacons, seminarians, or whoever, consecrated people. It, it is everybody's responsibility. Todos, todos, todos. I think it's a good note for us to leave our conversation. You know, we're, we're going to go now to the opening ceremony. Uh, I'm really looking forward to feeding back to our listeners um, once we've experienced that. And after, hopefully, the Stations of the Cross tomorrow, we can maybe bring a little more of Portugal and the experience of World Youth Day to our listeners. Thank you for joining me. Well, good, good listening to our audience. And we have much more to tell them before the week is out. We most certainly do. Over to you, Colleen. Ricardo and Jerry are hard at work filing stories and bringing live coverage of World Youth Day on social media. A link to their articles and their Twitter accounts in our show notes. And we'll have one or two more updates here on Inside the Vatican in the following days. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This episode was produced by me, Colleen Dully, with audio engineering from Kevin Christopher Robles. Our executive producer is Sebastian Gomes. For in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage, visit americamagazine.org. Please consider purchasing a digital subscription to America. It's the best way to support our work here on the show. You can do that at the link in our show notes. For America Media with Ricardo Da Silva and Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Dully. We'll see you next time. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. 
Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections.